Welcome to Top Advisor Marketing, where you will learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients, and grow your practice. Brought to you by Top Advisor Podcasting, a done-for-you podcasting solution built just for trusted advisors. And now, your co-hosts of Top Advisor Marketing, Kirk Lowe and Matt Halloran. Welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. You know, recently we've been doing a lot of podcasts on diversity and inclusion, and I'm really happy to have our guest on today. So it's Janice Torres Rodriguez. Now, she runs her own podcast. Now, here's the kicker. One, you have to subscribe to it because it's awesome. But she actually built a five-figure side hustle income and is pursuing financial independence. Now, she's not a financial advisor, but her podcast, which is Yo Quiero Dinero, is all about finance and having discussions around finance in black and Latino communities. Now, for those of you who haven't realized it, these are huge marketplaces that are wildly underserved. And we're going to talk to, uh, to, to Janice about that uh, here in just a second. But I want you guys to look it up. Uh, we're going to have it in the show notes as we always do. Yo Quiero Dinero, which is a, a magnificent podcast, really well produced too, by the way. And uh, she's been doing it for a while. She's got, I don't know, Janice, how many podcasts you got under your, uh, under your belt here? We have about 38 episodes so far and about 16,000 downloads. Nice. Very, very, very nice. And we're going to talk about some of the Latino podcast listeners' demographics from an Edison research thing uh, that actually I just shared with her. But uh, hey, I just want to say a welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I am so happy to be here. Let's talk first about podcasting. Why did you choose this? Because you've had a blog and you've had other uh, social media. In fact, you're all over social media. Why did you think that podcasting would be a good way to reach your audience? So ironically enough, when I decided to really dive into educating myself on personal finance, podcasting was the medium that I chose myself. So I started listening to podcasts from people like Susie Orman, her Women and Money podcast, Jean Shatsky's Her Money podcast. And I started noticing that while there's a lot of people talking about money, there's not a lot of people that are Latina like me talking about money. And I am a problem solver by nature. So I am an engineer. So I grew up, you know, learning how to fix things and how to meet needs that are not served. And so as someone who likes to fix problems, I decided to insert myself into the conversation and say, if there's not somebody talking about this, then I guess it will be me. Did you ever see the movie Robots? The Disney movie? <laughs> no. Okay. So it's really funny because you just said something that's perfect. So Robots is about these engineering robots. And, and the owner of the big robot factory, his mantra is see a need, fill a need which is very engineering focused, which is really what I think you just said there. So yes. so you're filling a need for a humongous swath of the population here to help them understand a little bit more about finance. Talk about how you do that. So you do it a little bit differently than the Ormans and, and people like that in the world. Let's talk about the content of your podcast, the guests that you have on your podcast. Let's break that down. Absolutely. So as I started planning out my strategy for the podcast, I knew that I wanted to find women of color who were also talking about money because I couldn't possibly be the only person that was interested in this. And just a little bit of background, you know, I became the person in my circle that everybody started asking money questions to because I started researching, investing and talking about money and just making it a, a 
conversation that is not really typical, especially in the Latino community. We don't talk about money. It's very taboo. And so as people started to know me kind of as the money girl, we started having conversations and I started realizing that there was such a big deficit for knowledge and just finding somebody who's talking about money in a way that resonates with you. And so one of the things that I wanted to really focus on with the podcast content is talking to women of color who are doing things like investing and pursuing financial independence and are creating brands around money. There are so many of us as you start to kind of dive into that rabbit hole. And I wanted really to focus on their stories because I personally feel like the message is not as important as the messenger. And when it comes to connecting with Latino communities, there is a real power in that cultural nuance and just that cultural awareness that makes the message of money resonate in a way that it doesn't if you're just watching CNBC. So we do a combination of solo episodes where I break down topics like IRAs or the stock market. And then we also do guest interviews with different experts in the personal finance space, especially women of color. What has podcasting done for your exposure? It's definitely brought a level of um, awareness to me personally, seeing how many people are actually really hungry for this information. So it's been great to get so much feedback from listeners saying, I thank you so much for even talking about this because I didn't even know where to go. And, you know, there's a million personal finance books people can read. There's a million podcasts out there, but there is still a hunger for people who look and sound like me to be talking about money. Now, there are a lot of podcasts out there. You're absolutely correct. But when it comes to the grand scheme of, of financial services education, there really isn't that many out there. Really, honestly, Janice, mostly because of compliance, right? So you're quite lucky that you're not a licensed financial advisor because you can have opinions about stuff, whereas a lot of our clients are, are um, restricted on a lot of stuff that they can say, which I think gives you way more power, by the way, to be an influencer, especially in your, your marketplace. Now, have you ever thought about, you know, kind of going that route and becoming an advisor? So I'm actually in the process of becoming a certified financial educator and instructor through the NFEC right now. Uh, I don't have a background in finance. I don't really intend on pursuing that. And I know there's a lot of rigorous education requirements that are involved in becoming like a CFP or something like that. Um, so I'm really, I'm really focused on the education aspect. I really want to just be able to bridge the gap of knowledge that there exists in our community. And so by becoming an, an educator and instructor, I plan to do that. Money is a taboo subject, especially when it comes to your personal financial situation. How have you broken those walls down? I mean, is it just the accessibility to you? Or how have you done that using your podcast or your blog on, or social media to make it so that people feel more comfortable about having that top, that conversation? I believe in leading by example. So a post that I just posted yesterday, actually, on TikTok of all mediums, because TikTok is very quickly becoming a great way to connect with people, especially the younger Gen Z, about all topics, including money. I did a TikTok where I revealed my income. And so this is a thing that is so taboo, right? We can't talk about how much money we make. And I really believe in the power of honesty and authenticity and 
making people feel safe when it comes to putting out that kind of information. So I think the best example I can be and uh, the best steward that I can be around how to have that conversation is to be completely transparent. So I talked about how much money I made starting from college up until right now. And there's been so much positive feedback, you know, especially from, again, women of color, there's so much taboo about talking about money. And so I'm just really trying to do my part to break that down. Where do you think the taboo comes from? Is it a competition component or, I mean, I don't even know if that's the right question. I think there's just a lot of intimidation around money. And for me personally, my family didn't grow up talking to me about money because money's an adult thing. So you don't burden the kids with the adult issues. All I saw growing up in a immigrant first gen environment, it was money was something that you really had to work hard for. It was always lacking. It was a source of stress. And many of us grow up in those environments. And so we have this fear. We have this innate fear about money and its power. And we have to break through that lack, that mentality of lack that we grow up with. And uh, uniquely, that is a situation where a lot of first-gen women of color, a lot of first-gen Latinas, we find ourselves in a position where we're earning more than our parents. We have more education than our parents. And we have this access to wealth that we don't know what to do with because we were not equipped. And so a big part of what I'm trying to do is to equip us to actually handle that burden because it can be a burden depending on how you look at it. According to this Edison Research Report, there are uh, 36% of U.S. Latinos have listened to a podcast in English and 24% of U.S. Latinos have listened to a podcast in Spanish. Recently, I had a, a, a gentleman who was in South Texas who was looking at utilizing our services here at Top Advisor Marketing to help him launch a podcast. And he already has cornered the market because he's very, very educated uh, on financial service. He's actually a financial advisor. And because he speaks Spanish, uh, he's like one of the only go-to people in his area who can communicate and not just language-wise. And I want to talk, that's where my question's going here. This isn't just a language barrier. There are some cultural issues here too. Would you mind sharing with our audience some of the cultural things that you're able to bring to light because you are a first-generation Latina that our audience might not know about that specific demographic? Absolutely. So a big part of why I talk a lot about building generational wealth is because a lot of us are actually planning to support our families financially. So when we make decisions about how we're going to save, how we're going to invest, we're not just planning for ourselves and our immediate family, whether that be a partner or children. We're actually planning for our parents' retirement most often too. And so for me, I'm planning for my parents' retirement. I'm also investing in a 529 for my niece. And I'm also planning to financially help my sister. And my husband is doing the exact same thing. My husband is also Latino. He has parents who are at retirement age. They are in no way equipped to write to retire. And so we have to factor in not just our own situation, but multiple generations. And so we always have to think in that frame of mind. Um, another thing is that many of us, like I said, are first generation in the US and we are taking on higher education. And with higher education comes 
student loans. So the student loan burden on us is a lot more substantial because we don't come from families that have trust funds and 529s and all kinds of money just saved up for us for college. And there's also the situation of undocumented people in our families. So we do have higher rates of being unbanked, especially if you're undocumented, which means that they are not using traditional banking to manage their money. And so they're not reaping the benefits of using a bank and they're subject to predatory practices like payday loans and check cashing and cash advances and all these things that really target lower income communities. With this Edison report, there's a couple of other things that you do that I wanted to highlight. Uh, number one is 26% say that the source they use for podcast discovery is social media posts. That's higher than 22% from recommendations from friends and family. You use social media very effectively. Let's talk about that. Sure. So social media for me is really the way that you connect with your audience outside of the podcast. You know, if you think about a podcast, it's just kind of like a voice in the middle of, you know, nowhere. It's the voice of Oz. And there's not really a lot of interaction involved with listening to a podcast. So the way that you really create an audience and create that loyal following is having that opportunity to connect one-on-one -on -one with your listeners. And so for me, it's been Instagram. I have been able to build an awesome community of people that come they ask questions based on things that they heard on the podcast. They send me recommendations for guests. We have all types of polls and interactive experiences where we really can connect on a deeper level and it fosters that relationship and makes it a long-term relationship versus somebody just listening to one podcast episode and moving on with their life. Now, you talk about transparency, so I'm going to ask you a question about transparency here. What do you do for money? I mean, how, how do you monetize this? <laughs> do you monetize this? Is this just a passion project of yours? I mean, you, you said that you're wildly transparent here, so I'm going to see. Yes. Uh, help me here. I love this question. So I am a firm believer in financial independence, and as a result, I have about 10 income streams. So... I work full-time, so I'm able to use money from my uh, full-time job to fund all my passion projects. And so my passion projects and my nine other income streams are I have my food blog, I monetize the podcast with ads and also with live events, I do affiliate marketing, I do sponsored posts both on social media and on the blog, I teach Zumba, I write freelance for personal finance uh, websites. So I do it all. And so <laughs> I'm a really big believer in diversifying your income streams. And that's something that I talk about a lot on the podcast too, especially with COVID. We have seen the real impact of uh, this pandemic, especially on the black and brown community. And more than ever, I think it's so important for us to be talking about how critical it is to not rely on a single income source. So again, I live by example, and I'm always talking about that because I'm so passionate about it. I love multiple streams of income. In fact, you know, uh, entrepreneurially, uh, that is really the best way to weather most storms and even from an investment management standpoint, right? Uh, you should have a diversified portfolio so that not everything is tied to one specific kind of investment. Okay. You said something. I wasn't really planning on talking to you about this, but but you just really made me have an epiphany here. <laughs> 
Um, a lot of our advisors want to be the family's advisor, right? And I know that there is a lot of education. In fact, a really good friend of mine here in Kalamazoo is going through this advanced estate planning uh, AEP, Education for Financial Advisors. And we talk a lot about multi-generational planning, but the way that advisors are looking at is the matriarch and the patriarch doing multi-generational planning. And what I'm hearing you say is it's actually the next generation that if you're going to focus on your marketplace, you need to work on that multi-generational planning. Is that a fair statement? That is absolutely true. My parents look to me for financial advice. They allow me to vet out the sources that they choose to uh, rely on for financial information because I guess it's assumed that my generation just has more understanding about this very confusing subject. So my parents have given me access to their retirement accounts because they assume that I know more than they do about what they should be investing in. So yeah, I would definitely say that, and especially the woman, Latina women are most often the ones making financial decisions in their families, and we are the stewards of money most often. So if we're not being targeted, then financial advisors are not talking to the right person. Do you have conversations surrounding life insurance? Absolutely. My husband and I both have life insurance. It's something that we talk about with our parents. Uh, luckily, they have signed up, but we are still in the process of estate planning with them because uh, I personally had a situation where my one of my best friends lost her husband at age 39, and I watched as she was her world was ripped up from underneath her. Two small children under the age of 10, no life insurance plan. There was a life insurance policy that was taken out by his parents before he got married, and then there was this whole just ugly mess around getting access to that money. So we, as soon as that happened, and that was maybe two years ago at this point, my husband and I signed up for term life insurance because we, again, we don't want to be a burden to our family. We know that financially they cannot handle that type of blow. And so we want to be responsible with how we're managing those risks. And that really leads to the next question, which is, you know, work for uh, our listeners when it comes to strategic relationships with, with, tax advisors and estate planning attorneys, because if you're going to have life insurance, well, do you talk about trusts too? I think you should. I think it's really important for people to understand all of the options that there are. And there is so much confusion and mystery around what these topics and what these words actually mean. So I think it's really important to just put it all out there and really break it down in a way that it's, you're not talking to somebody who has, you know, a finance degree from Harvard. You're talking to just a person who wants to understand what their options are. It's really important to factor in just cultural awareness and sensitivity and knowing that when you're talking, especially about estate planning, that it's not just the individual that the family's worried about. It's about multiple generations. Well, Janice, I think that, um, I think it's magnificent that you have these conversations. And uh, as we were talking before we started recording, I I've got, and in fact, I remember that young lady's name, but I've got a whole bunch of people I want to refer to you to be on your podcast who've been on our podcast before, because I think that they would be able to lend to uh, to educate your audience even more about uh, personal finance and in making sure uh, that they're being well taken care of. Now, to, to wrap up today's podcast... If you could wave a magic wand so that financial services professionals in the United States could change something about working with your community, 
Okay, so Latinas, and especially uh, women of color, right? So we'll, we'll stick with women of color. What would you want them to know and what advice would you give them? I want them to know that their message resonates when they share their cultural understanding about who they're serving because we cannot just put everybody in the same bucket and assume that everybody has the same goals. So I think it's really important to approach the relationship from first wanting to understand what unique situations they're trying to manage and then being really culturally sensitive to what they recommend based on that information. I have a feeling you and I could spend an entire podcast talking about those specific cultural things that you should pay attention to to make sure that you're not being ignorantly offensive. Right. Mm-hmm. In fact, when we were talking before the show, I was talking about some of the, the different panels that I've been interviewing people on. And boy, what I what I don't know about, well, just about everything uh, really <laughs> is a lot. OK, so here's the magic question, the one that I love to ask uh, at the end of every podcast, because as uh, I, I said to you before, I, I try to prepare for these podcasts. Right. I do a bunch of research. I listen to your podcast. You know, I was making sure that I felt very, very comfortable. But as we're going through the podcast, there are some times where uh, I don't ask the question that I should have or questions that I should have. Janice, is there anything I should have asked you that I didn't today? No, I just really appreciate the conversation and um, just the opportunity to bring light to a community that has been chronically underserved, especially by the personal finance and, uh, you know, the, the personal finance community. I think there is so much potential. We are opening businesses at rates faster than whites. We are getting levels of higher education at rates that have never been seen before. We are quickly becoming the most influential spending block in this country. And so there is a vast amount of wealth that we are generating. And it behooves financial advisors to continue to support that movement, because that is the America of the future. Latinos are the America of the future. We will be the driving economic force in this country. And if we don't all support their path to building wealth, then we're not supporting the future of this country. That was freaking beautiful. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now, if somebody wants to reach out to you, first off, let's talk about who should reach out to you. And secondly, what is the best way for people to connect with you on social to learn more from you or if they want to engage with you? Absolutely. So I'm always looking for amazing guests that want to talk about all things money. So we're talking about investing and budgeting and building generational wealth and financial independence. So anything that revolves around educating people around money, if that's something that you're passionate about, I would love to hear from you. You can email me at info at yoquierodineropodcast.com for that. And you can connect with me on all social media at yoquierodineropodcast. And we also have a blog, so yoquierodineropodcast.com. You can check that out. We're putting all sorts of personal finance articles, tips and advice on there to get your money game right. If any of our listeners, because the majority of our listeners are financial advisors, would like to have you on their podcast, would you be okay with that? Absolutely. It would be an honor. Wonderful. We'll make sure that we have links to everything that Janice was just saying uh, in our show notes. Janice, this was wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for talking about this. Uh, Thank you for 
providing education for uh, women of color and the Latino and Latina community. We here at Top Advisor Marketing firmly believe that anything that we can do, because the rising tide lifts all boats, everybody needs to have this education because if they have the education, then they're going to be able to make better decisions. And honestly, it's just going to be a better country for it. Any closing thoughts? Amen to that. So just one thing I want to highlight when I was doing my research in just how I was going to start talking about money and why anybody would even care. You know, the number one thing that I kept seeing coming up is that the reason why Latinos are not talking about money and the reason why they're not investing and working with financial advisors is because they don't know anybody else who is. So it behooves you and, you know, your listeners to just get involved because we we're here, we're hungry. We want to, to take our money to the next level and, you know, if you guys can support us in doing that, I think it's, like you said, the it's beneficial for everyone. Our guest today, Janice Torres Rodriguez. Thank you. You're very, very welcome. It was absolutely awesome. Please make sure you go to YoQuieroPodcast.com, uh, which is where a lot of the information is. And there's some other links there to some other cool stuff that Janice does, which is really, really neat. And uh, we want to thank you very much for being on the show. And remember, uh, if you have a guest that you think would be great on the show or a topic you'd like for us to talk about here on the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast, all you need to do is email me, Matt, at TopAdvisorM.com. And if you have not subscribed to the podcast, make sure you click that subscribe now button below. That way, every time we come out with a new podcast will show up directly on your listening device. And guess what? Subscribe to the Yo Quiero Dinero podcast because then you will be getting up to date on not only uh, some great personal finance tips, but also how to communicate with the community that most of us are not communicating nor marketing to. So for Janice and everybody here at Top Advisor Marketing, we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Are you ready to change the way you communicate with your clients? Are you tired of being the best kept secret in your area? Learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients, and grow your business. Contact us today and see what the power of podcasting can do for your business. Click on the Contact Us link on our website at topadvisormarketing.com and set up a call to learn more. Follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook for more updates and information. This was brought to you by iris.xyz, a platform helping financial professionals become better in business and life through new media and new voices. Visit them and learn more at iris.xyz.